What's up, horror fam? It's JT and Ryan from the Horror Chronicles. Oh uh, yeah, we're uh, we're at it again, um, as usual. As usual, putting out the best. <laughs> not the best for you for your listening enjoyment. You're welcome. So uh, you know how we are. We uh, we always like to get into different things and weird and creepy stuff. And uh, tonight is no different. Yes. We uh, we've got a very cool guest on the line. Um, and uh, we're going to bring him in and let him introduce himself, and you're going to find out what this guy is all about really quick. <laughs> so let's get him in here. What's hey, up, Josh? Everybody. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, absolutely, man. Thanks yes. for doing this with us. For sure, man. <clears throat> uh, so for those who, who don't know, I'm the, I'm the editor-in-chief of a publishing company called SourcePoint Press, and we primarily do uh, horror and some sci-fi and uh, some some crime and things like that, and uh, I'm also the writer for a comic book series called The Winchester Mystery House, which is about the actual Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California, and I uh, I work directly with the estate on the project to tell the story of Sarah Winchester and the famous haunting. Hell yeah, dude! Yeah, that awesome. sounds awesome. Yeah, we were awesome. stoked, man. We we're so glad. Shout out to Jerry Pauly for hooking this up. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, we are so glad when he told when JT got a hold of me. He's like, "Hey, check this out." I'm like, "Sweet!" And we were sitting here just a minute ago. And I'm like, "Wait a minute! I don't think we've done an episode on Winchester Ranching yet." Yeah, and we bam. haven't. We haven't. So this is perfect. Right down our alley. Right down our freaking viewers, our horror fam, as we call them. Uh, right down their alley, so this will be perfect. And apparently, it's right down Josh's alley too. Yeah, and he's a metalhead. <laughs> and Josh is into the metal, so just like us. So yeah, see, jo- metal—that's everything. For yes. Me. Yeah, I mean, yes. you know, we were actually originally going to name the podcast "Heavy Metal Horror," but I just looked up and Ryan just, couldn't figure out how to spell that. So yes, you know, you know. <laughs> but no, I was looking it up, and there was just like so much stuff with that. There was a, like. A, podcasted but they have gone away and this and that so i'm like man it's just it was it sucks it's a great name yeah <laughs> absolutely. absolutely but uh you know it's all good it's all good and um now we've been doing this for about four years and been getting to meet people like you and jerry and all of our other podcast friends that we met and all the actors and directors and things like that and it's really cool man because um with the internet, we get to meet people like you guys that we probably may have never met before, you know, or, you know, would. And, um, <laughs> sometimes it gets a little crazy, you know? Yeah. Sometimes we, it gets a little weird. We too. done it. We, we, mm-hmm. we did a five hour episode with two directors and two actors from the UK. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was bizarre. It was pretty, it was awesome though. Yeah. It you was know, great. It was, it's just, it was great. Wow. Just, and now we're friends for life with these people. It they, just flows. They contact us when they have new stuff coming out. As but, a matter of fact, Neil just got a hold of yeah. us. Yeah. Anyway, that's anyway, enough about yeah. us. Let's talk about Josh here. Yes. Josh is the man of the hour. So, uh, Josh, tell us about yourself. How did you get involved with Winchester? Well, um, so here at, at SourcePoint, we have, we have a, as well as doing books and comics, we have a board game division. And originally, uh, this wasn't even meant to be a comic. We, um, we had approached the Winchester Mystery House with a pitch for a board game. Uh, 
that was that was the original idea. And the reason was because we had already published a game called Floor Plan. And this game, uh, it was all about house design and architecture and trying to please the needs of clients. And I was talking to this game designer who lives uh, who lives near San Jose, uh, near the house. And he said, you know, it would be so cool if we did a new version of the game that was specific to the Winchester Mystery House and Sarah is your client and you're trying to meet her more bizarre demands. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, she's asking for strange stuff that you've got to try to, you know, do. And we could use the real rooms from the house that, you know, as, as, you know, tasks that you have to make. And I'm like, that's such a killer idea. And I'm, we're both just, you know, huge fans of the history and the lore surrounding that house. And so, uh, yeah, we reached out to them and they're just uh, such great people. They, they gave us the time of day, they gave us the meeting and, um, you know, we got to, we got to talking and, um, we were talking a lot about, about the story, uh, of Sarah and the house and how, um, there isn't really any one good representation that kind of envelops the entire thing. So uh, have you guys seen the movie Winchester? Yes. yes. Yeah. So the movie takes place kind of late in her life and it's just this kind of one moment in time. And most of the house is already done. It skips about 30 years of story. Right. right. So I was, you know, talking to them about it. I said, you know, you really need some kind of episodic, you know, story that tells throughout time, you know, something that moves through time. And, uh, and so in the end, we ended up doing both the game and the comic book series to be that new storyteller. It kind of tells everything. It's like one big 30 year prequel to the movie. That's, that uh, sounds freaking awesome. So does, does the, does the comic and the game go together? Kind of, kind of. I mean, there's um, there's a lot of like nods to the comic in the game and throughout the design of it and the rule okay. book. Some of the artwork comes from the comic, but for the most part, it's pretty standalone because okay. it's not uh, it's not super story driven. It's more you know about the uh, about the you know the construction aspect. But we did spice up the game. So instead of just you know reskinning a game we already made, right. we changed the rules. We added, you know, uh, multiple stories to because originally you were only doing, you know, floor plans for one floor, but yeah. I, we can't just stop at one floor where it's a Winchester <laughs> Mystery House. So we added a whole nother game element to it. And then my favorite part is we added ghosts to the game. A, a game that was never designed to have ghosts in it. We're like, nope, we're putting ghosts in this game. And that's where it kind of really gets fun because um you know, for those who don't know, they've nicknamed the Winchester Mystery House the house that spirits built. Uh, it's thought that this, all of these rooms were built to appease all of these ghosts. So um, if you are trying to, you know, appease Sarah, you've got to also appease the spirits. So that comes into play in the gameplay, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. That sounds cool. Man. That's awesome. That yeah, because I mean, with horror games, you know, uh, the, I never was big into the, to gaming, but I did play Fear a lot. Um, when I was younger and, uh, that has a lot of ghosts and stuff in it and, and that come out. It, that's pretty cool stuff. Um, I know, uh, and with the Winchester house, it's got, like you said, it's got such a deep history that you could do so much with it, especially with that amount of time, like that right. they're missing the 30 years there. It's just, there's so much to do with there. Well, that's a, and that's a pretty big, it's, it's good for you as well, because I mean, that's just a lot of, you know, those part two part three you just keep going with it right right you know yeah. so, you know originally i had 
you know, I, I, I feel super passionately about the house and the subject and Sarah, I think is the most fascinating person. And I, you know, I've just, I've done so many deep dive rabbit holes just on my own for fun. Cause I love, you know, paranormal and haunted places. Yes. And, uh, and I had intended to hire a writer to write this series for us here at the publishing company because I'm so busy. You know, I've kind of overseeing all of these different publications and there's hundreds of them. And, uh, and I just, you know, I, I do write, but I don't have the time. And um, I couldn't find anybody who just felt quite as strongly as I did about it. So yeah. I ended up taking it on myself. You know, I'd written the outlines um for the pitch, you know, to make sure the house liked, you know, the, the way we wanted to tell the story. Right. And, uh, and then from there I was looking for somebody to actually script it. And I was like, okay, I, just, I might as well just do it myself. You know, if you want something done right, do it yourself. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, and it's like, it's, it's like we always say too, with podcasting, you know, um, if you love what you're doing and you're passionate about it, like it just happens and people love it. They, they can feel the sincerity, you know, and, trying to make something look a certain way and act being fake. It, it just doesn't work out. And whenever, yeah. if you don't, if you don't find the person, like you said, you just didn't find that person. I was like, Oh, this, this, per, this person, this gets guy, it. he this gets guy, it. He gets it. This guy gets and it. And sometimes you're the guy that gets it. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta do it yourself. But nice. You, so uh, oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. As I say, while, while I knew that I wasn't alone in feeling you know, strongly about the house. I knew that there were going to be people who bought the comic because they were obsessed with it, you know, with the house. And so therefore they're going to come with a very critical eye. Uh, so I was always nervous too. I was like, well, I really want to do this justice. I really want to portray, I want to give you some history and some facts, but I also want to kind of give you a, a good solid ghost story too. Yeah. And, uh, and make sure everybody's, you know, entertained. It's not a documentary in a book, you know, it's, it's meant to be, uh, it's meant to be entertainment. And so trying to find that balance was really tricky, but, uh, I, I never expected the, the insane fans that came out of the woodwork for, uh, cause I do lots of conventions. I'm constantly traveling. Right. I'm in a different city every other weekend and, awesome. uh, meeting fans of the house, um, that are just mind blowing to me. I've had people cry, hug me uh a lot of tattoos people showing me their their right. like sarah winchester themed tattoos um uh people wearing t-shirts with the comic book covers on them because the uh, hot topic is selling shirts with the comic art oh, on them cool. and uh and just I, I i was just blown away it was it was amazing um how strongly people feel about this story it's so cool yeah. Yeah, and it, it is a very cool story, and it was funny because you know I've watched I've watched quite a few documentaries about it, and I've read some articles about it and stuff. I've never been there; it's always a place I've wanted to visit, you know. But I I don't get to California that often, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, one of the things that I didn't know until I was reading the introduction in the book was. <clears throat> That whole, you know, Oliver Winchester passed away, left the company to his son, William. I didn't realize that William passed away three months after he took over. Just like that. Yeah, I mean, that's insane, you know. Yeah, it was, uh, it all happened so rapidly, and that was not long after you know, their daughter had died, too. So all these deaths seemed very, you know, grouped together. Um, so, you know, all of these tales of, of her being 
worried that she had a, a curse on her, that the Winchesters had this curse. Right. Um, well, it, and I had heard them talk about the curse of the Winchester rifle, you know, and all this stuff, you know, and was she really cursed? So did she have, so did she have grandchildren or anything like that or? No. no. So I mean, the only, um, you know, the only child that, that she had was, was Annie who had died. Right. And, uh, and that was it. Um, after that, I'm, uh, when she moved out West, her niece moved in with her for quite a while. Okay. Um, and, uh, she didn't move out until she got married eventually. And then she moved out, but, uh, she treated her much like a daughter. She was very, very, very close with her. And she was such a private person too, that there were very few people that were kind of in her inner circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, because she worked, she, she paid so well and she was such a great you know boss and she had such a massive amount of um, employees, um, the, a lot of them stuck with her for decades and, you know, kind of became like her family to her. Right. Yeah. That's, um, so we had, uh, we used to have another host with us, a friend of ours and she actually lived near there and they've been there multiple times. Breezy, mm, yeah. Breezy, she was a co-host of ours, but, um, they went there a lot. And, um, when you were talking about how the fans would come up to you and like talk to you about it, she had, it's, it's, when you have people who are like, like kind of like you said, like not obsessed, but they're just really into passionate. it, you know, passionate about it. Yeah. And then they see, so like our friend Breezy, she was, she seen the movie Winchester movie and she was like, eh, it's okay. She's like, it wasn't really, you know, didn't portray, I guess the way that she thought they would, you know, with it. But, um, well, but like he said, you know, that was just one moment in time. Yes. And that's what I was getting ready to say with you, with, with the book and things, it's cool that people are already like, man, this is awesome. And now they're putting it on shirts and people are, you know, coming up, talk to you about it. And that's always awesome, you know, to, um, and I was just telling JT, actually, uh, we were looking at some of the artwork right before we started recording. And uh, I'm like, dude, look how cool that looks. I love the way that, the artwork is. It looks yeah, awesome. your artist did a phenomenal job on this. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got very lucky. So uh, I, I got a fantastic artist, um, Dustin, uh, Dustin Irvin. He, um, so I'm also an, an artist and I, I jump in and do some of like the covers and sometimes I okay. do colors and things like I do a little bit of everything here and there, but uh, obviously I didn't have time to, to write and do art for this. So I got Dustin Irvin and he, um, he ended up, he did issues one and two. And then, uh, due to a bunch of change in his, his, in his life, he ended up having to leave. But at the time we were on a really strict, you know, month to month, uh, schedule. We had to just crank these things out to keep on schedule with the stores, uh, releases. So, uh, when he had to leave, it, it, it kind of left me in a, in a spot and I had to find somebody really fast to do issue three. And, um, Damian Torres did the art for issue three and I was just blown away. I, I was, he was, it was such a lucky find. And, um, it was actually Dustin who had suggested him. He didn't know him okay. at all. He just okay. found him on Instagram and was like, you should, you know, Reach since out. I'm leaving, I feel awful. I, I want to help you, you know, find a replacement. You should check this guy out. His work looks really good. I bet you he could probably do something like what I was doing. And yeah, we, it's been great. And, you know, he's doing the art for volume two now and he did the, uh, the hundred year curse, which is a separate one shot yes. story. Yeah. And, um, he's, he's amazing. And, uh, I, because the, we solicit to stores months in advance before the, you end up having to do the cover art before you ever do the actual interior art. So, uh, when Dustin had to leave the, um, leave the book, the, the third cover was due 
And at the time, I, I there's an A and B cover. Where there's two covers. You go mm-hmm. in stores, pick which one you want to get. So I had Dustin doing all the covers for the A's, you know, uh, and then I had uh, one of my favorite artists named Ryan Quackenbush um, come in and do B covers for us. But uh, when Dustin left, the cover was due and I had no choice. I needed to find an artist who could pull an all nighter and turn it in to right. uh, to the solicitations for the distributors the next day. And I was like, oh, who do I know that's going to you know, pull an all nighter and put out a, a killer cover for the, the finale of volume one. It's gotta be, you know, special. And I was like, well, there's me, I'll pull an all nighter. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you know, I ended up doing it myself and that, um, that cover ended up being like the most popular cover out of the series. Um, it's, uh, it can be viewed. Let's see. Where is a picture of it here? Uh, well, it's on the back of this too. It looks like this here oh wow now the um okay yeah it's real creepy (laughs) yeah now that we're doing this this special edition uh that's on this campaign on backer kit right now i did a new version of that cover because it was just so popular we ended up putting it on the side of a massive 18 foot tower that we have in our booths at conventions oh sweet um, and you know i jump in now and i do a couple more covers here and there that are like exclusives like oh this is a variant cover you can only get at this convention or this retailer or whatever so i love being able to do that and kind of step in and have some fun and you know flex some art skills here and there oh yeah yeah i mean like we said if you want something done right sometimes (laughs) you just gotta jump in and do it man so how hard was it like so when you finally decided to do this i mean you kind of touched on that a little bit about when you approached the estate that you wanted to do this i mean was it like did it take some coaxing to get them to you know let you run with it or i uh, so i don't know what it was but i did something right i said something right in that in that initial meeting um they were they really liked they didn't necessarily know enough about source point to say oh that's that company we got to work right. with them or or our game division for that matter but for some reason, they really liked me, and that seemed to help. And I think it was because I felt so strongly about um, about like how Sarah should be portrayed. There's always these talks about mental illness. It always comes down to mental illness. Like, was oh, was she haunted or was she crazy? And I'd like to think that those shouldn't be the only two options. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, yeah. Um, I, I I don't I don't think she was crazy at all. I think she was brilliant. I think she was always the smartest person in the room, and I think she had reasons for everything she did. And the fact that we don't know what those reasons were all the time, or we don't necessarily understand them, doesn't mean that she was mentally ill. And uh, and I think that because I felt so strongly about that and I expressed it in our conversations, I think they said you seem like you are the right person to kind well, of be it. an equal yeah. for our story. It goes to the back to the, the seeing that passion. Like we just talked about yeah. a minute ago, you know, when you see, you find the right person, you feel that. And then you're like, yeah. yeah, this is the one, you know, and that's, that's awesome. It's, and it's cool. Um, I'm and it's funny you say that, like you're how, you know, it's crazy or haunted. And who says that those two are not, I don't think yeah, it's crazy. I think, I, I think, there. I think yeah. being haunted, or even if something was to happen, would drive you, you know, it, we talk about a lot. Cause I, like you said, you like the paranormal and you like, the, we love that stuff. And, um, you know, people talk about how I, I've known people myself who 
they see they seen things and then people think, oh, they're crazy. It's like, no, they a paranormal experience is very personal. And yeah. it's, you know, we talk about that a lot on here, how, you know, unless you've experienced something, you really don't understand. Um, and even if you have, you don't understand that person's particular experience. Right. So yeah. you have more passion for, or you have more compassion for them, but you really don't know what they experience. And some people experience things that are way worse than others. And, you know, it's, uh, I think that um, it's pretty cool that the way you look at it you know, and go with it. So that's awesome. And a big part of the, so there's a lot of different, you know, theories about different rooms in the house and why things are the way they are. And um, so for those, for example, for those who don't know uh, the house is, the house is for one, it's massive. It's a, it's a labyrinth. Any listeners who aren't familiar with this house, it, it was built around the clock, seven days a week, uh, nonstop for uh, 36 years. Um, so it just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. Um, I think it's, uh, how many square feet? 200,000 or sorry, uh, 24,000 24, 24, yeah, 24, square feet. Um, it's, it, oh, there were entire wings that were just torn down and then rebuilt over and over and over again. Anytime there was anything that seems even a tiny bit wrong, it was rebuilt. And then a lot of the things that you'll see in the house, they don't seem to make a lot of sense. There's like a, a window that's on the floor uh, that you have to like walk around and they put a, put a, you know, a little gate around it. Around around it yeah. um, there's doors. If you step through them, you'll, you'll drop off the side of the building or uh, there's a door in the seance room. If you step through it, you'll go two stories down into a sink Um there's a staircase that just runs straight into a ceiling. So, you know, if you were a ghost, you could continue up those stairs, but a human being is going to just hit their head. Um, it's a, it's a very unique home. And, uh, there's been just as much effort to try to debunk any sort of, sort of like, you know, supernatural or paranormal reasons for the way the house is as there has been the other side. And what's funny is all those people would try to explain away, uh, well, that's there's a reason why it's like that, and, and a lot of it come, they a lot of people blame the earthquake. There was a big earthquake in 1906 that uh, uh, tore down like seven stories of the house and did a lot mm-hmm. of damage, and um, and it's easy because there's not a lot of definitive evidence of what rooms looked like before and after um, because she was so so private and so secret. It's not like people were photographing it or anything uh, that people just kind of chalk that up. It's their easy out. They're like, oh well, they're there you have it. They probably had to just seal that off because of the, (laughs) it's it's like, no, the house is so incredibly unique in so many other ways that there probably is a reason why all these things are like that. You can't chalk it all up to an earthquake. Um, and yet the fact that we don't know just kind of leads, uh, you know, more and more speculation. And, And on the other side of that is people claiming, well, that this was, was house was meant to be confusing because it was never meant to house people. And that's always been the case. 160 rooms with nobody living in them. I mean, she built this thing, uh, you know, to house these spirits yeah. that she thought she was, uh, you know, appeasing me. And she spoke to them every night in her seance room. It was, it was very well known um, that she went there every single night at midnight and, uh, and then came out with instructions for the crew, what to build one day at a time uh, and, and what she was doing in there. Yeah, you know, like yeah. we, we only have, we have to make that kind of mental leap. But so, uh, so what did you just say? You said 160 rooms. 
Yes, yeah. 160 rooms. So just to let let everybody know, when when uh, Sarah Winchester bought this house, it was an eight-room farmhouse. And she started building on it. Now, when, when did she start building on it? Was that uh, so 1880? 1886? Uh, yeah, 86. 86, okay. So, and then she, you know just slowly added on to this place. Um, and she, uh, she had construction ongoing on this place until she died. Yep. She died, uh, uh, hundred years ago as of September 5th. Wow. And that was when all the construction crews finally stopped and they laid their hammers down and anything that they were in the middle of remains unfinished to this day. They no left kid. hundred years ago. Uh, that's crazy. Wow. It's, it's, it's crazy because, uh, it's funny. Uh, uh, Joe Rogan was talking about this, but how like a hundred years ago is basically like one person ago. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Weird to think of, right? So, yeah. So like, you know, the United States being as young as it is, like, it's only like 300 pe- It's only like it's three only people, three ago. people ago, you know, <laughs> right. it's kind of, kind of weird, but like, that is a bizarre way to think about it. You know, well, it makes, <laughs> if you're really lucky, you'll get a hundred years out of your life, yeah. you know? And yeah. like, so it's like, basically that's, it's, I just, it puts time in perspective for me, you know? Um, some of us were happy to get 50. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the way I see it, if I can, if I can somehow last long enough to make it onto like, uh, anywhere on the FM radio station dial, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and you know, it's... it's What is that, 88.5? Is that the lowest <laughs> one? <laughs> well, and it's cool, though, too, um, because now you can do that. You know, um, especially with... Well, I'll tell you this. If you keep putting out this, the quality of stuff you're putting now, it's going to happen, you know. Yeah. So you have great quality work, so that shows, you know. Um, and... That's like for us, man. We're literally just two guys in the middle of the United States. And four years ago, we start, well, we, we have a love for metal. Four so years we, ago, I didn't even know what a podcast was. It's funny because, like, uh-huh. so we, I love metal music. He loves metal, of course. And so I used to deliver to him at his work, and we were talking about metal music and stuff like that, you know. And then we got uh-huh. talking to horror movies. You delivered all right. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, uh I was like, uh, dude, we should do a podcast. And he's like, what the fuck's a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, check us out. So, and then we, you know what? We just did it. And he got me hooked. Kind of like you, you know, I mean, I'm like, even with you and as, as well as you're doing, you know, you just, you have something that you have, you're passionate about and you execute it. And people, some people do, and some people don't. And if, you know, if you don't, if you don't jump, you're never going to, you know, you're not going to make it. So sometimes you just got to go with it. And if you're passionate about what you're doing, it's hope go- it works out. It's going to show. Well, I mean, if you're passionate, yeah. it's going to show. And just like with the Winchesters and the family allowing you to come in and do this, they saw your passion and they're like, man, this is going to work. And it has. So it's, uh, it, it you never really know what's going to hit. I mean, I love horror and I love, I love writing and, and, and illustrating horror, you know, first and foremost. And sometimes the things I'm, you know, I love the most, I feel like I'm basically just making something for myself, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I know I would like this. I have no idea. If the well, sometimes that's the best stuff be. though, man. But with this one, it, um, it, it, it hit way bigger than I ever thought. Uh, 
So the single issues, they, um, they're all sold out, you know, uh, everywhere worldwide. And then we did the trade paperback collected edition and that, uh, that sold out, um, in two weeks. It sold out, wow. uh, through Simon Schuster. They ran out, Diamond Comics distributors ran out. Uh, we here at their headquarters were like, Oh shoot. You know, we, we sent out <laughs> you know, as many as we could to fulfill those back orders. And then, um, I was on a book tour <laughs> and <laughs> I ran out, uh, about three stops in. Oh and my like, God. Oh, shit. I'm like, wow, yeah. we really underestimated the, you know, the, um, the number of people who are going to show up for this. And, you know, all of our print runs are based on pre-orders. So you kind of, you look at the numbers and you mm. do a little bit of math. There's a simple right. formula to it and go, well, that's about what we can sell. And I was, it, you know, it was wrong. This is one of the rare cases where those pre-orders did not mean anything. People came out of the woodwork asking their shops were like, Hey, where's this book? I want this book. Instead of just, Oh, if it's on the shelf, you buy it. If it's not on the shelf, you didn't know it existed. Yeah. No, they showed up and they asked for it. And these retailers were like, oh, yeah, we didn't order that one in. I'll, I'll order it right now for you. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there was this giant flood of these late orders. And it, it, we, as a result, we ran out of all the books right away. All these people came out of those weird rooms in the Winchester house. <laughs> <laughs> good, it's one of those good problems. Those good yeah, problems. Yeah, that's a good that, problem. Yeah. And that's when we had a moment where like, well, we can just you know go right back and just reprint the same book again. Or... We could take this opportunity because we know that we have people who love this and, and enough, you know, where we can try to make something special. And that's that's when we decided to do this campaign where we're going to, you know, take it up a notch. We're going to add a bunch of cool stuff to the book. We're going to do a gold foil stamp on the cover and I'm going to sign them for people and and, you know, just do this little campaign. And anybody who comes and shows up for that, they're the only ones who are going to get this version of the book. Yeah. And then one that's when that's over and we've made them all happy, then we'll, you know, we'll print more of this one and we'll send the regular version back to stores again. Nice. And, uh, and yeah, I, you know, same thing with the campaign. I didn't, I didn't know if 10 people would show up, you know, but, um, right now it's over 500 people. Um, it's pretty cool. I couldn't yeah, be happy. That's awesome, dude. Congrats, man. Congrats. Like I said, man, that passion sells, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, uh, it's a good time to be in this, in this universe of, um, especially with podcasting. Paranormal's hot right now. Well, you know, it's, so <laughs> put it, I'll put it this way. When we first started our podcast, there were, um, what was it? 700,000 or 700. Yeah. 700,000 podcasts worldwide at that time. As of right now, I think there is 2 million something. Some, yeah. Podcasts. Wow. There's a bunch of guys like us sitting out there. You know, making people listen to them. <laughs> well, and what's cool about it is, is that, like we said, um, you realize that you're not alone in some of the stuff that you're into, and you get to meet all these awesome people. And then, you know, um, God damn, we're not as weird as we thought we were. Yeah, we're <laughs> hey, we're still, we're still, don't get it twisted. We're still weird, yeah, but yeah, there's yeah, a right. there's a lot more weird people out there. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, it's 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 really cool. And then, like you said, you can't believe you guys underestimated the amount of people that were going to come out. Well, now everyone is seeing, hey, I'm not alone. So I'm cool to be able to go out and do this and not be worried about it and don't care. And they can, you can find your people and your tribe, you know, as they say, and everyone can have a good time and appreciate all the, the art that's out there. And I think it's, it's awesome for as much the stuff as I hate the internet for, 
I love the internet when it comes to be able to meet people and make those connections. And, but like, I can't wait to be able to start doing what you're doing, which is like going to conventions and all the time and seeing people and meeting them in real life. You know, I think that's where you make those really good connections. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's, it's wonderful. I I love it. Um, it's, it can be exhausting, but (laughs) it's not, it's one of those things where, you know, um, and I'm, and I'm lucky, I'm lucky to have the opportunities at all, but it's, um, it's, um, you know, I drive through the night usually, you know, and I'm exhausted. Mm. I get to wherever city I'm in first thing in the morning and you're, you're, you want to, you're so tired. You just want to pass out, but instead you got to carry hundreds of boxes <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. got to build this big, huge booth and spend, uh, you know, a good half a day doing that. And then usually instead of getting to go check into the hotel and shower and sleep, you end up starting the first day of the show right then and there. Um, and you know, doing that Friday yeah. and then that Friday usually goes late because they want to, you know, oh, make sure yeah. people come in after work. So now you're at, you know, working the con until 11 PM. And then, you know, there's the, every single person who approached you all day is like, what are you doing after the show? What are you doing after the show? Yeah. You know, so usually there's some kind of outing you got to, you know, kind of go do. And then, uh, and then you, go back and get a little bit of sleep and then do it all over again the next day. <laughs> oh man. And it becomes a blur. Sometimes I forget what city I'm in. You know? <laughs> oh, I'm, I those it. good problems. Like I said, those good problems. Oh, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if we'll ever be on that level. <laughs> nah. Who cares? But, uh, We're having fun. Yes. That's the main thing with <laughs> us is that we, it's cool because, um, <clears throat> we we get to talk to a lot of people who do that stuff like you you know i mean you're you're out there you're doing all these conventions you're doing the thing and you know we still get to talk to you which is awesome you know and we don't get to get out we like i said we live in the middle of nowhere <laughs> in the middle of the united states but we still get oh it's to- not that we couldn't go out i mean we just <laughs> you know well family you know i you know you got dogs. We're I got very, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, it, it, it's just it's it's fun, and um, what's really cool about this is people like well, like Jerry told you, hey, you guys get a hold of these guys; they're pretty cool, and you'll probably get along great with them. And they, and, I, I, I'm honestly shocked that he actually told you that. You know? <laughs> yeah, because he hates no. <laughs> no, we try to. It's funny, man, because like every time um, people come on our show, like, dude, that was just so awesome. You guys made me feel relaxed, and we so gotta. I'm like, that's the way we like to do it, man. We just like to have conversations and no stress, no nothing. Sometimes we end up like I'm sure we're gonna eventually because I do want to ask you some questions that aren't about the book, you know. Yeah. But because uh, you're a horror movie, you know, or horror right. fan and stuff like that, so I want to kind of talk about that a little bit as well. Because we also like to let our 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 people know the horror fan out there. So we want them to get to know you. So yeah. when they get to know you, then they're gonna you know. And so sometimes we always like to talk to people who. We ask him, hey, what, what, well, what's your favorite, you know, horror movie, or what got you into watching horror or being interested in horror, you know? So there's stuff like that, and we will get to that, you know. Well, but we got plenty to talk about with the book. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna throw something out there just because I I heard it on Jerry's show, and I'd really like for our people to hear it, and hopefully you don't mind talking about that again. But can you tell us about the bell? The bell, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's um. 
<laughs> you listened to the episode. Then. I did. Oh, I yeah, absolutely we, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's this this bell tower at the house. It's pretty famous, and it um it was the bell that they would ring at midnight every night to let all the workers know that Sarah's going to the seance room and she's not to be disturbed. And um, there's it's funny. There's a lot of records out there of exactly how long she spent there. People say, oh, it was from midnight to two a.m. and I'm here to say, like, there's no definitive amount of time. Actually, most people have no idea how long she was in the room because she was never she was always seen going in and never seen going out. The seance room has it has one entrance, but it has a secret exit. So there's like a, a cabinet with a secret doorway. And that's how she she would exit that room. She never went out the same door. It was really strange. Wow. Um, anyway, this bell, this bell tower became kind of a, a representation of her in some ways. And it's, it's a very special spot. So, uh, you know, once she died, they, they don't touch it. They don't ring the bell unless, uh, the calendar falls on a Friday, the 13th, they do a little ceremony in her honor and they ring the bell 13 times at 1 PM, the 13th hour. Uh, and that is because, uh, Sarah believed that the number 13 held a lot of power and mystical power. And the number 13 can be seen throughout the house's design work in, in numerous ways. And, uh, so they had, they called me up, uh, and last year and they said, you know, that we have a Friday the 13th coming up. We're going to do this, this spell ringing ceremony. Would you like to be the one who comes out and rings the bell? And I was just, I was super honored. And, uh, I, I said, of course I would love to thank you so much. And I end up, I'm stuck in traffic on the way to this bell ringing ceremony. And I'm just panicking, just sweating bullets. You know, we're just, we're just stuck in Silicon Valley traffic. And, uh, and of course, I'm not from the area. I don't know how long it takes to get places. Right, right. <laughs> and, uh, and they're calling me and they're panicking and they're like, listen, you know, it has to be exactly one o'clock. We can't do this at 101. This is a century long tradition. And I'm like, I totally understand. I don't want to screw this up. Like, if you have to do without me, just do it. We will. We'll do it without you. Yeah. <laughs> We're not asking. We're not asking. We're just letting you know. So, I end up jumping out of the, like a moving car and I'm just booking it towards the house and they've got somebody outside the house and they grab me by the arm and they're like, come with me. And they're just rushing me through the shortest distance to the bell tower, which is, uh, you know, which is funny because there's, there's anybody who thinks that they've been on the tour and they've seen the house. You've never seen the whole house. Nobody gets to see the whole house. Right. There's all sorts of stuff that's not on the tour. Uh, and part of it is they have all their, there's so many rooms in there to choose from that they have their offices in there and stuff. There's, there's like rooms that are just, you know, being used for business that you never get to see. So they're running me through some of those and I'm like, Whoa, where are we right now? <laughs> there's no time. We have to get to the bell. I'm like, okay, okay. So we get to the bell and there's only like 30 seconds left before we have to start ringing and they're trying to prep me on what to do. And, uh, and this is a really special thing that's usually done by a historian. So this historian is there and she's ready to show me, uh, and it's simple. It's a, it's a, you know, rope pulley system, but you know, she's, she's prepping me. She's like one, listen, like everything in this house, there's a death trap and it, right underneath the bell is this, this big glass, like, you know, over a hundred year old glass, like window thing. It's like right in the way. It's very odd. It's like, well, if I'm trying to reach over yeah. and pull this, I'm like likely to fall into this glass. Oh, God. If I do, <laughs> you're going down a long ways. So she's like, you got to stay on this side and don't, you know, don't lean on this and whatever. I'm like, okay, got it. Don't die. And yeah. then she's like, 
Number two, you cannot let the bell ring 14 times. It has to be exactly 13 times. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I can count. Uh, I can, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Should be easy. She's like, no, you don't understand. It's a really big bell. And as you pull it, it's just going to keep building up momentum and it's going to swing all by itself a 14th time. And you can't let it do that in a hundred years of doing this. It's never rang 14 times. And <laughs> when you what? jump in there and grab the, I don't know, <laughs> the, the dingle danger thing. <laughs> right. You're like, don't, don't do it. So I'm, I'm panicking and I'm like, you're telling me this now we got like 15 seconds to go. Uh, and she's like, this is what we're going to do. We're just, you know, there's two ropes and you know, one goes down while the other goes up. But if you grab both ropes at just the right moment and you hold them perfectly steady, the bell will kind of fizzle out and it, you know, hopefully it won't swing enough inside to Point hit the side yeah. of the bell and make a sound. And I'm, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is freaking me out. I'm like, listen, <laughs> if we, if, if I screw this up, can we just not, tell anybody that it was me (laughs) and they said well actually we we have a camera right here and we're live streaming right now oh my god like okay all right let's go and uh and so yep we did it and uh i i nailed it everything went great but wow it's like a that's like my uh my old my old MMA coach said, "Sometimes you just gotta get fed to the wolves. It's the best way to learn. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta be wow. thrown into the mix, man." That is a very cool story, though, because they don't just let anybody ring this thing. Yeah, you know, you know later the the manager of the estate he was talking to me and he he said, uh, "You know, I've never been allowed to touch the bell." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" I was like, "You run this place," and he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "None of my employees have ever touched the bell either." And I was like, oh, wow. And he's like, yeah, it's usually it's like historians that kind of pass the torch down or is very, very special guests. And, and that just blew my mind. I mean, I was already really honored. But then to hear that, I has got this wave of anxiety thinking like, wow, it's super special. And I'm one of like five people to do it. And I almost screwed it up and I was almost late now. <laughs> that's that's, that's when you man, pause so and you look at the guy and you're like, hey, guess what? I rang the bell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, uh, what's cool about this story too, um, in my point of view. Dude, everything's cool about that story. Well, exactly. And what what else is cool about it is, is that you get to do that and it's really cool. It's important to you. So as a, as a fan, as, as passionate as you are about it, you got to do that. So, you know, that's like, Boom. That's mind blowing for yeah. you. You know what I mean? To me, it meant the world. I mean, to some people, it probably would have been like, I pulled a rope. What, what's the big deal? But to me, it, it I oh, was, no, we get it, man. It was amazing. It was, it was, a, it was a, one of those opportunities where it's, it's, it's almost, it's more than a once in a lifetime opportunity because a normal person just can't have that opportunity. It's not a, it's not one you can create. It's not like, yes. well, that's my goal. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the guy in that tower ringing that bell someday. That's not something you can just try yeah. to achieve. It has to happen to you. It's, it's amazing. And you yeah. know that the, you know, the, the whole estate, they had to have looked at that and said, you know, this guy has, has done such an awesome job with telling the story of, of Sarah that, you know, let's give him this honor. You know, I mean, that's the only way to look at that. It was, it was, it was amazing. It was definitely the estate amazing. loves you, man. You're going to move in there <laughs> next year. 
<laughs> You'll be living in the seance room. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, you will be there. <laughs> but oh, no, I mean, you'll, you'll be undead in the seance room. <laughs> but I mean, that, that's just, it's really cool to hear that story. Um, like, I, I just, I, I like to uh, see, see things that happen to people who, like you said, it, it's not like you can just make that up and make that happen. It has to happen to you. And, um, that's, it's a real, that's part of the, that's a cool part of the story for me is being able to see people that get something they're so passionate about. And, you know, for some people, maybe just meeting someone like a, an actor or an actress or someone, you know, and that's like, Oh, it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I love them so much. Yeah. But like, uh, that's like for us, you know, we're big into the paranormal world too. And, um, there's so many places that we want to go and we want to start going to these conventions and things. And we've got, we've actually got a lot of, um, you know, I don't know if they're necessarily, we got a lot of chances to go to places. Hey, you guys, can you guys come to this? Can you guys come to that? And sometimes we can, we're like, Oh, awesome. We're going to do this. And then another time it's like, man, I want to do this so bad, but I can't. Yeah. And it sucks. And you're like, ah, it just hits you in the gut, you know, when you can't do something that you, really passionate about and then it comes to you you're like oh my gosh this is the opportunity i want it and then you just can't do it and it's like there's that 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 fear that if i say no to something now i'll never ever get to do it again there's like that constant fear in in me that uh makes me feel like no matter what opportunity comes my way i have to figure out how to how to do it how to jump on it and sometimes uh, it's it's not uh, it's not the best wise. <laughs> like I say yes to so many things because I'm so afraid of missing out that, um, that I overwork myself and overpromise and, and it's, it, it gets really stressful and, uh, you know, people come to kind of, you know, rely on you for these, these things. And, and, you know, you can't, I don't view it like a responsibility because I know it's an opportunity and it's a privilege, but, wow, man, I, I'm very lucky. And I, the opportunities create more opportunities and, right. Yeah. And they keep rolling and it feels like every week I'm doing something very exciting. And, uh, and at the same time, it feels like a house of cards that I'm building. I'm just like, this is all going to crumble one day. So I need to, <laughs> I need to try really hard to just like stop and go, this is so cool. I have to, I, I can't be stressed right now. I have to recognize like, this is so awesome and I'm so lucky. And, uh, if I, if this never, if I never get to do any of this stuff ever again, at least I got to do this now. And at the same time, those times when I do have to say no, sometimes because I can't make it happen or I can't, the schedule doesn't work or something, or I don't have the money or whatever the case might be. I have to tell myself like, whatever you did that opened that door, you have to recognize what that is in you and you got to keep doing that. And it'll keep opening doors. And if maybe it's not that same door, maybe I won't get to do that one thing again, but I'll get to do other things. I just got to recognize what it is that, about me that caused that to happen in the first place. Yeah. Well, and then crazy things happen too. Like, I mean, you were on Jerry Pauly's show one time and now you're fucking stuck on a show with us. <laughs> so I don't know what you did wrong, but you know. <laughs> no, that's very cool, man. Very cool. We always say that about ourselves, but like every time we go on a show, they're like, hey, you guys got to come back on. You guys got to come back on. We want you back on. So, you know, and that's what's cool. Like you said, you got to recognize that stuff in you. You know, we're two smart asses and we like to joke around and, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, 
we're smart asses, but we're nice. <laughs> it was so funny when we were on Jerry's show, he reiterated to us, I don't know, 10 or 15 times before we started recording. This is a family friendly show. This is a family friendly show. <laughs> all right, Jerry, we got it. It's all right though. He's, now fuck know. off. <laughs> no, you guys are in, you're in Missouri. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that really is the kind of the so it's it's interesting. So I, tra- I mean, I'm constantly traveling and doing all these events, but <coughs> Missouri for me is kind of like this blind spot. I feel like not there's nothing in Missouri. I don't think I've ever done a convention Anything. in Missouri. I'm glad you said well, that. Well, that's because there's not any. <laughs> I'm glad you said <laughs> there's that. There's hardly there used to be years ago. There used to be a convention in St. Louis called Contamination, um, and it was like a horror and comic thing uh they sometimes do that wizard one yeah wizard world or something like that okay, in yeah. st louis but it's not a big there's not a big horror convention like for us you got to go to lexington to go to Scarefest or go to right. uh texas for the fright frightmare fright fright nope yep yeah so, Frightmare weekend or whatever so for us i'm actually i'm i'm working on starting a convention here that's fantastic and you know what? Because nobody else does. Well, what's okay? So uh, you talk about passion and doing what you want, and you know, doing what you love and things like that. And that's what I love. I love bringing people together and just being able to have that camaraderie with everyone. And you know, you meet people in person. Everybody's talking, and you might be taking some shots or whatever it may be. You know, and everyone's having a great time. And I told JT, and I've been telling everybody else's podcast. We go on. I'm like, man, I am working on this, and I got so many other people. Who are like we'll be there, set it up, and we'll we'll make this happen. And yeah, because like, we've got podcast I'm friends in. all over the world. You know, awesome man. I, I'm glad to hear that, dude. Because I would definitely be getting old of you. I am working on it. Um, it's and it's funny because me and JT we live five minutes away from each other. Like we're we're literally. So um, I'm like I'm I'm just like man. We I'm, I got to set this up. I mean, we're in the middle basically, and everyone travels down 44. You know, yeah. so. It, it's not so bad if people have to meet in the middle instead of going coast to coast or right, right. wherever it may be. And if I set, I just want to make sure I put my best foot forward with it, you know, and um, I want to make it, I want to make it to where everyone's like, dude, we got to go there again. Yeah, that We got to awesome. make it special, man. How, how, how far of a drive is it to, from Iowa? Cause I imagine you probably get some people from Iowa coming down. Oh, yeah. oh well, yeah. You know, if I had to guess, we're probably five, six hours, maybe. Okay. You know, we're, uh, you know, where St. Louis is. Yeah. yeah. So we're, ex- we're an hour and a half West of St. Louis on 44. Okay. Okay. We're in a, we're in a town called Rolla. We're, yep. uh, never heard of that town. Yeah. Uh, Rolla, you know, our claim to fame is we're the, uh, university of, uh, science and technology. It's a big okay. university. It's town. a big university. You Gosh. know, so we're a college town. Yeah, so. but now our claim to fame is that we're right next to Uranus. Now, now, oh yeah, yeah, Uranus. There's Not a kid. little town right down the road called Uranus, Missouri. Really? They got a Uranus. And they got they, a, and it's funny. There's they have a uh, fudge factory there and a big thing. And their their slogan is "We pack the best fudge in Uranus." <laughs> wow. Yes. Hey, yes. hey, there's a cool billboards. Place. There's actually another one now. There's one in Indiana. There's a Uranus, Indiana too. <laughs> but it's same people, I think. Oh, who was just who was just there? Uh, Justin Long was just there. Justin Long, yeah, the actor Justin Long. Yeah, yeah. He was just here in Uranus, Missouri. 
he put a picture up on his Instagram or something yeah. outside the sun. Oh, I mean, great. we've seen, you know, I watch a lot of wrestling. I've seen a lot of pro wrestlers there and stuff. It's, I mean, on their Facebook pages and stuff, you know, taking right. pictures. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's, it's, it, pretty, it's an interesting place. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm very passionate about the convention thing. I, I, I'm working on it. And it's a very, We're it's a going to have a convention right next to Uranus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm i am going to work i'm 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 doing my mental game on it and i want yes to- i uh you know if there's anything i can ever do to help please don't hesitate to ask i i've done um over well i stopped counting at 200 conventions wow, awesome uh, so i don't i i don't know anymore but it's over 200 <laughs> and so like i've i've seen them all big and small so if there's anything i can do to help them I'm, I'm definitely here and i love a good horror con, man, the, the horror convention. So, I mean, I've done so many cons and the, the there's different flavors of them and obviously right. some of it's regional. And, but at the end of the day, there's nothing better than the horror community. Yes. I, uh, it's, it's weird. I mean, it really is bizarre. You know, you think it's about all these people that community. are into all this horror and, you know, paranormal and stuff like that. And like, we went to, uh, we went to the haunted America conference last year. Um, which is put on by Troy Taylor and, uh, dude, everybody was so nice and, you know, everybody just wanted to talk to everybody. They didn't care who you were. They were going to talk to you, you know? Yeah. There's, I mean, there's zero judgment at a horror con, man. Exactly, Everybody's exactly. friends. And, you know, you go, so like you, you go to comic cons and I, while I love comic cons, there's, there's some people there that have a different vibe. And that is this, this almost this attitude that, well, if I'm not familiar with your work and I haven't heard of it before, then it must not be very good because uh-huh. I I haven't heard of it. Yeah. And then you go to a horror con, it's the opposite. They're like, give me the most crazy underground shit that I've never heard of because yeah. that's what I want. Exactly. I want I want yeah. new stuff. And uh, and they just dive right in. And plus, there's like you know, you know, as far as you know, being somebody who has to live live off selling things, it helps right. that people drink at horror cons. Yeah. Most of them allow <laughs> yeah. drinking, so the walls get a little looser as yeah, people get man. to have more fun. Yeah. And uh, and and they're just all in. They know they're like, this is my weekend. I'm going. I'm, I saved up for months for this. I'm going to blow a ton of money. I'm going to have a ton of fun. I'm yeah. just going to enjoy this. I'm going to stay. They stay all three days. You know, yeah. you go to comic cons and people usually go one day. It's packed. It's always packed. But a horror con, even though it's smaller, people will they'll come all three days and stay the whole time. They yeah, want right. to take advantage of it. And it, it's it's fantastic. They want to soak it um, all in. Yeah. You know, I I was at a show. Back to this, like how how what a great community is and such a family. And I, I got I got robbed and uh Oh they had taken, um, uh, I was, it was, you know, I was just in the city, um, and, you know, after at night and, uh, they, they'd taken all my convention cash. So I had no money. They took my wallet and my phone and, uh, my, my backpack, which had, you know, everything that in it. Good. And they also took, this is the worst part for me personally. Uh, they took my, my laptop and I oh. brought out my external hard drive, which had all of my book files on it. And, you know, I've been, um, I've been working on this book. Uh, about uh, this this famous artist back from the pulp era, who is 93 years old, he's still alive, and uh, and he's still drawing and painting. And uh, I'm, I've, I've been trying to kind of help his bills out by by publishing yeah. 
uh, a lot of his work and taking like some of his uh, you know art prints to conventions and selling them on his behalf and all this stuff. And I've been working on this book about his entire career and his life. And I lost every single file. Oh and I just sobbed, man, because yeah. the first thing I thought was if I have to start all over again, I don't know if I can finish it before he's gone. Yeah. You know, that was the biggest thing that was taken from yeah. me. But the, the only thing I had and, you know, I was about. Uh, it was probably about 15 or 16 hours from home, you know, so it's a long drive back to not have your wallet. Right. And, uh, and so all I've got is the stuff that's at the, at the convention booth, you know, those, that's basically all the money I have is whatever sales I can make in cash. I can't take cards now or anything. So I go back to the convention the next day and uh, word starts to quickly spread that, you know, about what happened. And, um, everybody, everybody just came to the booth and started flocking and saying, I'll take one of everything. I'll take, I'll just paying cash. They're paying me more than what I was asking for things. Wow. Um, they're like, well, I want you to sign this stuff for me. How much to sign it? I'm like, no, I don't charge for autographs. And they're like, well, you do today. How about this? I, I was just, I was, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I just felt the whole time I was like on the verge of tears. The support was overwhelming. It was just beautiful. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. And that's you know, cool. Yeah, that's that that's horrible that someone would rob you like that. And I mean, it's crazy. That would never happen here, by the way, because <laughs> yeah. it's a small town and even if any well, not really small, but it's a it's a university town. You know what I mean? A lot of restaurants, a lot of, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But I know everyone in this whole area and they know not to mess around. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny, our bar to people ratio is really high. It's, yeah, you know, I there's <laughs> You know, yeah, security would be great for us. So, but we we need we need need it though around here. But that just sucked that happened to you, man. That's horrible, you know. And it's crazy because I think I remember a while back. Remember that episode of Taps? Someone tried to rob them live when or while they were filming. Remember that they stole. I don't remember that. So there's an episode. You remember Ghost Hunters, right? Yeah. So there's an episode. Um, I can't remember like season two, maybe or three is earlier season. And literally, as they're unloading their stuff, getting ready to go into the place at night, you know, people come up and grab their stuff and take off with it. And, like, tango and then run after them. They chase them down. Oh, my God. And got their stuff. Like, they dropped it because it was heavy equipment, you know? Yeah. They didn't realize, I don't think people realized how heavy the stuff was they were trying to steal. And then they just dropped and took off running. But, yeah, they tried to rob them on TV while they were that's recording. Crazy. Crazy. So, it's, it blows my mind. Blows my mind. Yeah. But that's awesome that the horror community, you know, rallied together man together and you know it's so funny because you know half half the people at these shows you you know you see them on the street and people are they're intimidated by them or afraid of them or judging them and you know they end up being some of the nicest people you've ever met yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's so fun it's funny because uh so we've had this podcast like for four years now and i'll I'll run into somebody because i i work for uh fedex so i'm always out and about you know but i'll run into somebody they'll be wearing like a uh a uh, pentagram necklace or a, you know, right. just some kind of something or like a half moon with this. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like you. And that like, they're like, um, I'm like, I'm not judging. I'm like, I, I have a podcast. I love this stuff. Um, and we always tell him anyone, I mean, we will bring anyone on here. Hey, you guys want to talk about something? Come on. Oh, the way show. to make him feel good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what I'm saying is, it's kind of like w- with the community, you know, like we'll, we'll talk to anyone about everything, you know? And they're like, 
they at, at first they're like you said people judge them so they're like uh um no I'm, I'm just like no look I'm not judging you I love the stuff I have a podcast I talk about this all the time mm-hmm. it's pretty cool what's what are you you know because there's like with Wicca there's all kinds of different things with witchcraft it's not just Wicca there's a yeah. ton of different you know we got into that it's awesome stuff but um yeah we get into a little bit of everything so we're gonna i want to get into this so what what got you into horror what uh movie wise or book or comic or what kind of i feel like i feel like i was born with this it's so funny um always been into it uh um i'm trying to think of what the earliest like you know sometimes there obviously there was as a kid there was always attraction to you know, slashers. Uh, I feel like there's something about, about Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers that, that, that children love. (laughs) They're just like, they're to them. It's like, it's like the next thing next to superheroes or something. And it's, it's, it's difficult sometimes as a parent too, because you're like, Oh man, I don't, mm, I don't think you can, Watch that one yet? Yes, that's what he goes. I have my kids. My kids love, love my my son. My son's gonna be Jason Voorhees, right? Because he, I have a video I showed. I I just tell my dog to close her eyes. I I sent him a video of my son, and he was probably seven at the time. This was a few years ago, and uh, I sent him the video and. I was like, what's your problem? Because he was all throwing a fit on the couch. And he's like, I want to watch Michael Myers. <laughs> I wouldn't let him watch it. And he's like crying about it. I sent it to JT and he, he yeah, was just dying. It was hilarious. But he's going to be Jason Voorhees for Halloween. So I bought him like a legit Jason mask. It's like 50 freaking bucks for the mask. But uh, uh, yeah, my kids love it. And my youngest loves like scary, like like um, haunting stuff and you know, he loves yeah. that stuff. He's big into the ghost and things, you know, but, it's, um, it's tricky as a parent because you're kind of like, okay, it's, and, and I never, like I talk to at horror cons. I talk to like people all the time about this. This constantly comes up. It's a big subject, especially when they bring their kids out and these are like, these are family shows and their, their kids yeah. are obviously, you know, really into this too. But, uh, I always say it's like, it's really personal to the kid. Like if you, no one knows you, your kid better than you. No one knows what they can handle, what they're not ready for, what's going to give them nightmares, what isn't, what's just inappropriate for them at this age, you know, because you know them better than anyone. And like, you're always trying to think like, what's the best intro movie? Like, what's the way to get them in? And I'm like, Oh, Jaws, Jaws is perfect. And I'm like, wait a minute. What if they're terrified to go swimming? (laughs) It's like all these things you got to kind of like work out. I think for me, it was like, I, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents as a kid. And, uh, they used to, um, they used to love to, you know, be nostalgic and watch movies from like their childhood and listen to radio shows from their childhood. So, you know, I would, you know, go to bed over at my grandparents' house and they would put in like a cassette tape of a radio show for me to fall asleep to. And, you know, they really loved, you know, a lot of like comedies and like Fibber McGee and Molly and stuff like that. And, and I was like, oh, that's fun. But they were looking for something I'd be more interested in. So they would put in the shadow and, uh, and I would, you know, as a kid, I would like, wow, what is this? You know? And then there would be uh, a lot of like twilight zone esque style, like yeah. radio shows. And that really turned me on to it. And, you know, they would constantly watch these old black and white movies. And, uh, you know, that led to, you know, me falling in love with, uh, all the universal monsters and, you know, Vincent Price and the fly and just, you know, all these classics. And, uh, you know, those are still, you know, some of my, my favorites to this day. And, uh, 
you know, and that kind of led me to Hammer. And then, you know, which eventually yeah. kind of gets you through like the 70s. And then now you're in the 70s, you're like, oh, this gets weird. And you're like checking out the <laughs> satanic panic stuff. And like, and then you're like, oh, I got to check out like all the, you know, uh, you know, Argento films. And oh, then yeah. you're into the 80s and you're like, oh, wow, the 80s is just a heyday of horror. There's so yes. much. I feel like I'm still discovering, you know, movies I didn't know existed, oh, which absolutely. is a great feeling. Anytime a massive horror fan finds one they didn't know about, you're like, they still, there's still movies I don't know about yet. Oh like, man. Yeah. 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 Do, do you have a, do you ever, do you have a Tubi app? Yeah. Oh, I love to. Dude, yeah. Tubi freaking yeah. just has the selection Tubi is of horror. Crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, uh, like, in fact, you guys can watch one of mine on there. Um, okay. so we have a movie called Rotten Tail, uh, that's on Tubi right what, now. What was that one? Rotten Tail. Rotten Tail. Yeah, it's based off of one of our comic books that we published, and it came out a few years back uh, in theaters around Easter time. And it's um, it's about a, a, a scientist who gets bitten by a um, a test rabbit during a test, and he turns into this half man, half homicidal maniac rabbit, and goes on a killing spree on Easter weekend. And it's uh, it's a ton of fun. It stars Corin Nemec. He was uh, he was Parker Lewis and Parker Lewis can't lose. Okay, and yeah. He was in the Stephen King's The Stand. Uh, he was in Stargate SG One, and uh, he he's had a lot of like a lot of the parts that he's done. I mean, the dude's got a huge, amazing, epic career. But a lot of his TV roles tended to be in in our world as far as like conventions and fandoms go. So like he was on Smallville and Supernatural and, and Stargate. So like he has a ton of those kind of fans. So we knew he was perfect for our movie because, you know, we live in that same space and there'd be a lot of good, you know, fan crossover yeah. into comic book films. And, um, yeah, it was just, yeah. When, when we finally got it on Tubi, cause you know, first, obviously you got to put it out to rent to get to try to make your money yeah, from it yeah. first and blah, blah. And then it kind of eventually works its way down to the free apps where, you know, you just, you get tiny revenues from the yeah. you know ads. But, uh, but I was stoked when I got on Tubi because for me, I yeah. was like, Tubi's loaded with weird horror. Yeah, absolutely. You, old stuff and you know, you know that the real fans are going to be watching Tubi. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? I'm like, those are my people. Those yeah. are my people. <laughs> it's funny too. Cause it, it uh, <laughs> you said supernatural. I love supernatural. It's one of my favorite TV shows ever. I, and I only watched it like what, two years ago. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I watched like six, all 16 seasons in three months. I, I have never dug in because it's, to me, it's so bit, it's so much. It's I'm all, like, oh, it's intimidating. It's too much. Yeah. Everybody told me, they're like, dude, you, for years, people were like, Hey, you gotta, this is right down your alley. I can't believe you don't watch this. And I'm like, man, I and mean, most, it was, you know, girls that were, um, fans of the show or just people I know. And I'm like, yeah, you guys say that. Cause there's two dudes on there. You think are hot, you know, blah, right. blah. Right. <laughs> and then I watched the first, I uh, literally, so the last season came out the same year. The last season came out is when I just started watching it. I didn't know it was the last season, um, but it was a 16th season, and I uh, I start I watched the first episode. and I was like, "Fuck!" Now I'm going to watch this whole fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I just you, JT was like, "Dude, shut up about Supernatural." Yeah, stop. <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, I fucking love it." And now my son loves it. My oldest, Jax, yeah. he's uh he's nine. He's like, "Can we watch Supernatural?" That and X Files. Me and him been watching oh, X Files cool. together. He wanted nice. to be Fox Mulder for Halloween. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, I asked him. I was like, what do you want to do for Halloween? He's like, I either want to be Jason Voorhees or Fox Mulder. And I'm like, I'm good with either one of them. We'll, we'll, we'll well good thing he didn't want to be Scully. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it is what ah. it is. <laughs> but uh, no, I uh, I think uh, what's cool about like uh, Supernatural, the whole thing with that is, is just they dump so much. You're right. They do dump a lot of stuff into it. But I think it's it's full of great music. There's a ton of great music in that uh, that whole series. Cars. I'm a huge car guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a, a, the Brotherhood thing. I love the family. Like, you know, that's why my my I got two sons. And they watch it and they're doing their little thing, you know, and it, it's cool. But uh, so, uh, do you have like a what's one of your favorite? I know it's hard to narrow down a favorite horror movie, but what's your um, what's a go-to for you? Something Evil that, Dead 2 is is a huge yeah, go-to a for me. One. That's a good uh, one. That's a good one. Any John Carpenter film. Um, I'm a massive John Carpenter fan. Aren't uh, we all? Uh, yeah. Right, Aren't yeah. All? I mean, it, like, I just, uh, I, I'll, they're, they're all so rewatchable, too. You know, I'll, like, go to uh, In the Mouth of Madness and Prince of Darkness and Big Trouble in Little China. And, I yeah. love Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, Big, Big Trouble Big Trouble is my all-time, people, so Big Trouble is my all-time favorite movie, period. And yeah. People ask me all the time. They're like, "What's your favorite horror movie?" And I go to say that, and then I stumble because I'm like, "Is it? Yeah, it's, yeah, is yeah. it a horror movie? I don't. I don't know. I mean, it has demons and ghosts and monsters and all sorts of crap in it, and, and martial arts and comedy and every. It's kind of all genres at once. It's got yeah. everything. Yeah, great. Film. Yeah, that's I, one of my favorites ever. I, I never get tired of it. That's like my comfort. My comfort food. You know, I sit down and just watch Big Trouble. If I had a bad day, I'm putting Big Trouble in Little China. And yeah, just that <laughs> beginning, the whole beginning scene with him driving his truck and his. I'll sit there and I'll repeat the whole monologue while I'm watching it. Yeah. You know, and, but uh, yeah, oh, I mean yeah. that's a great one. Actually, this movie right here, The Crow. Oh yeah. God, I. One of my favorite movies ever. I mean, it's my top. Time, absolutely, my down. top five. The, the way they filmed it, I, I, Brandon Lee was an amazing actor. Um, but just that movies, I fuck, I love that movie. I love it to death. And they're trying to redo it. And I'm like, no. God. <laughs> yeah, it, some movies can be wonderful. redone. Like the man that that reimagining of Evil Dead is oh, absolutely gnarly. phenomenal. You know, gnarly. great film. It's, great film. It's, yeah, it's brutal too, and yeah. it's like it's intense. It's really intense. Oh, Absolutely. dude! But some movies, I just I don't. You're not gonna be able to capture it, man. Um, Remake of the craft. Uh, not yeah, so good. Right, right. Not so good. I love the original craft. I yeah. love that. I love that. Um, but I mean, yeah, the crow is just one of those. They nailed that movie down for me. You know, I that the way they the we're big about atmosphere. And like John Carpenter, I know he didn't do that, but John Carpenter's just the king of really atmosphere. Good at it. Yeah, he's the king of building sure. that that feeling. But the Crow, just, that movie, really, and I don't, I don't know if I would even consider that horror. I don't know. I mean, for me, I don't know what I would call it as far as genre wise. But yeah, it's just one same. Like, it's like a gothic action drama love story yeah, something like that yeah. well so i tell my wife i'm like she's like let's watch a love story i'm like okay we can watch the crow <laughs> it's a love story man it's a gnarly love story too you know he comes back from the dead to get freaking you know revenge for her so, you know the crow in some small way is kind of almost responsible for for my company source point we uh oh, wow so the crow was a detroit comic and you know i'm from detroit and uh it was um, it was published originally by Caliber Comics. Caliber Comics was kind of this this iconic 
indie company, you know, at a time when, when comics were seeing their heyday and superheroes were getting, getting big in the comics mm-hmm. world and Marvel was on top of everything. Uh, it was kind of before comics crash and, uh, and Marvel, you know, lost a ton of money and then had to make a huge comeback like they have. But, uh, there was the other side of things is before image comics, there was caliber comics and they handled, they, they just did all the independent stuff. They were like, we're, we're not going to do superheroes. We're going to take all these amazing creators. We're going to lift their voices up. We're going to tell other stories through this medium. And, uh, it was ran by uh, a man named Gary Reed and Gary, uh, he gave me some of my first work out of college and ended up becoming this big mentor for me. And, um, he, uh, we became pretty close and he, uh, he was really my inspiration. Caliber comics was my inspiration. I wanted to kind of follow in those footsteps and, and, you know, be someone who can, who can raise up other people who can find all these great talents and, and, and help their voice be heard and have, find their place in the industry. And, um, you know, caliber had, had ended. So when I was working for Gary Cal- caliber wasn't around anymore. Uh, he ended up bringing it back. Um, but then he died shortly after. And it was, uh, it was very unexpected, very sudden and, and tragic. Uh, I was the week before he died. I was sitting next to him at a convention. We were, he was signing a comic that he had written for, for me, for source point for our company. And, uh, uh, it, it was issue three had come out. It was like a five issue miniseries. Issue three had just dropped and he came to do a signing in Boston at my booth. And the next week he was gone. It was just like that. And, um, but the crow was like one of those staple comics that he had, he had found and he had raised up and said, I believe in this story. This is amazing. We got to put this out there. And people are like, what is this? I don't know what this is. He's like, trust me, this is going to be huge. Yeah. And uh, he was right. You know, he was, he had an eye for that, you know, finding these, these quirky, weird stories that were unlike anything else. They were kind of genre defying. Like we, we don't even know what to call it. And that's, that's what he did best. He found those people and those ideas and he, he gave them a, a, a chance. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's In fact, cool, this not to get too personal or anything, but um, they have an award uh, in his name. And uh, last year, last year they gave the award to me. Oh, right nice. on, man. That awesome. was um, that was a. I I you know That's I was nominated, but I was nominated a. a alongside some amazing creators that, that are very, very popular and have really big fan bases. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't prep any kind of speech at all because I, I really was very confident that I wasn't going to win. And I was very happy just to have been nominated because out of everybody who had been nominated, I was the only person who knew Gary personally. Wow. Um, and, uh, and so to me, that was enough. I was, I thought it was just, it, it was perfect. I was like, this is amazing. And so when I won, I, I didn't have a speech prepared. So I, you know, they, they maybe give a speech and I was, I just kind of spoke from the heart and, oh man, it was, uh, it was, it was not a dry eye in the room. That's that passion that shows, man. I'm telling you sometimes wow. it, that's all you need is that passion and it shows through and that's what people appreciate, you know? Yeah. And I'm hoping that everybody got that tonight on the show. Yeah, you know? I think they did. It's a, uh, it's been great. Well, I mean, we would keep talking forever, and that's our problem is that we never shut up. So yeah. we had to, nah, we reel ourselves in a little bit. And um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been great having you, man. It's been awesome. Can you uh, let everybody know where they can find you? All the good stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so Source Point Press is the name of the publishing company, and uh, if you love horror, that's what we do. Um, and so you can find us uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. 
Um, you can find me at Joshua Frantic uh, that, at that handle pretty much everywhere. Uh, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram are probably where I'm at the most. And um, if you're interested in the comic book and you don't want to try to hunt around or try to get one on eBay, uh, right now is your chances only couple days left to, uh, to, I don't know when this will go live, so you might miss it, but yeah, go to WinchesterMysteryComic.com yeah. and, uh, and, and check it out if you're interested in, uh, in this, checking out this comic series and this haunting. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, awesome, it's a man. cool story, man. Yeah, man. Dude, um, we definitely got to get you back on here if you ever have time for us, man. I would love to. I have so many other horror things that I'm working on, too. And awesome, some, man. Yeah, we anytime, love to hear about them. Anytime, let's know. I haven't announced yet. So, yeah, Sweet. Totally, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. And then, cool, um, man. I've definitely, you know, we'll, we'll talk after we we'll say goodbye to our horror fam. We'll talk a little bit before we hang up on you. But awesome. uh, we're going to do, we love you, horror fam. Thank you guys for listening. Um, it's a great episode. And uh, thank you guys for all your support. As always, we love you. And more importantly, As always, until next time, keep it creepy.